the first preseason game for the Kansas City Chiefs in the books. You can panic, you can not care, you can feel however you want to feel, however you choose. Uh, that is up to you. We'll, of course, cover the game as it all went down. Look, I'll, I'll call a spade a spade. I'll, I'll say it how it is. Not a pretty game for the Kansas City Chiefs. With that said, you can take the game with a grain of salt. You can take my comments with a grain of salt. If you think I'm being too critical, I can take that with a grain of salt. The preseason's a funny mixture. It really is. And I will get into that uh, in, in just a moment before we break down the game because I think we do need to have a talk about... You know, are we buying into too much of the hype? Is there is there such thing as too much hype? Can the preseason kind of set us into reality? I, I think the preseason is a funny thing, and I, I want to get into this because it's a crazy science experiment that fans will care about one second, but when things don't look good, they don't care about it. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Farzee Vasugin here with you for another episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Appreciate all of you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. A very short episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast, as you can tell by the title and the description. Simply, all we are doing is breaking down this game. Uh, not a lot to really go over because it is the preseason. Uh, definitely not gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go into you know that final goal line stand that the Chiefs failed to uh, to, to to succeed offensively, but. Uh, I mean, we'll just touch on that briefly, but of course, mostly with these starters and some some key backups who could contribute at some point during the season. We'll touch on those players the most, of course, and uh, guys who could maybe uh, surprise us and make the 53-man rosters. Guys we may have never heard of before and may end up cracking uh, that 53-man roster spot by the end of training camp. If you guys want to interact with me, you can do so in a couple of easy ways. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. That's my Facebook page. Like and follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter as well at Farzine21. And you guys can email me Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. I already have a post on the Facebook page asking you guys about the preseason uh, debut for the Chiefs this year. And a lot of you guys have mixed opinions. Uh, I'll get to some of the reactions in just a moment. Uh, but if you guys haven't, before I forget, hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. Share it with your friends. Hit that share button on iTunes and Google Play and let your friends know about the Chiefs Zone podcast. And as far as the next episode, we will have the next preseason game for the Chiefs. Uh, let me just make sure I have that correctly. I believe it is on a Friday. They'll be playing the Chicago Bears. Uh, so the next episode will be out on a... Uh, it, oh, excuse me, it'll actually be the Atlanta Falcons. The Bears is on the 25th. Uh, that is a Saturday noon game. Uh, the Falcons game, that's the uh, upcoming one uh, on the 17th, Friday the 17th. So the next episode will be available Thursday morning, uh, this upcoming Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Listen, I, I know this preseason game didn't look good, but let, let, let's look at the offseason for a moment because I'm seeing some people concerned and I'm also seeing some people saying they don't care it's the preseason and listen let's be honest this was a bad game and we'll we'll get into it in just a moment but we've got to be honest with ourselves with certain things because I you know being honest that's healthy for discussion plus we always got to say things how we see them at the end of the day how much hype do we buy into these off-season glorified practices? Because that is what they are, uh, except fans can buy tickets and go watch the team at uh, St. Joe or at Arrowhead or follow them on the road, whatever they they choose to do. 
when Sammy Watkins has been making one-handed grabs and OTAs in training camp, everyone's going crazy about it on social media. People love what they see. They're expecting more of that in the regular season. And I've said this before, keep in mind, you can't expect him to do that consistently in regular season games because in practice, Eric Berry's not going to go light him up and injure his own teammate. For obvious reasons, that's his teammate. Derek Johnson may have done it to Jamal Charles in the Pro Bowl. Well, let's just hope that's a rare occurrence that we see in the NFL, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs. But you get the point, I digress. The thing about these offseason practices, everyone loves the good stuff, the highlights. Sammy Watkins one-handed grabs. You know, Patrick Mahomes throwing deep, pa- deep bombs to Tyreek Hill. Kareem Hunt going for a big run. People love those plays. But when Patrick Mahomes is throwing so many interceptions in practices, or if he doesn't do so well, such as this preseason game, no one really cares because it's just practice. It's the preseason, and I don't think that's a fair statement to make. We've got to be consistent with how we're going to judge things. And again, I, I, I think I'm kind of in the middle there. I think it's cool Sammy Watkins is making these plays, but I'm not going to go crazy about him because I do understand that the defense, they're not going to aggressively break up his pass because they don't want to injure each other in practice. I mean, why else do you think that quarterbacks are protected so heavily in practices? They don't want them to get hurt. And that's an obvious thing. But as far as this preseason game goes, there are some concerns. And listen, I've said this for years and years. Let me just say one thing, because I know some people may appreciate some of the comments I have to say. Maybe people will be very upset about what I have to say. Let me just say this. The toughest thing about this podcast for me has been doing recaps on preseason games. And I've always said this too. You look, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, you can take everything that happened or anything I say, anything that the media says, you can take it all with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, you don't know exactly how things are going to pan out. The Detroit Lions... They went 4-0 the same year they went 16-0, or excuse me, 0-16. Uh, I believe that was in 2010 or 2009. You look at the Cleveland Browns and their schedule. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the Browns were 4-0 as well last season before going 0-16 in the regular season. Yeah, they did. They did. They went 4-0 last year in the preseason. So, and listen, I remember, uh, I I believe it was 2016 where the Chiefs went 4-0 in the preseason. And uh, the Chiefs brought, and listen, obviously all these preseason games, they're, they're local broadcasts. The Chiefs broadcast team made a, such a big deal about the fact that they went 4-0 and that the only two other times the Chiefs have gone 4-0 in the preseason, they went to the Super Bowl. Like that was, And of course, there were some homers who took that as valid evidence as to why the Chiefs will go to a Super Bowl. I, look, and I don't believe in patterns like that. You guys know me, uh, especially if it happened in 19... 19- 
66 and 1969 in those preseasons. I mean, come on. You really think just because a team goes 4-0 once again that they'll repeat themselves for a preseason activity? Come on. So look, the Chiefs can go 0-4 and could go 16-0. They could go 4-0 in a preseason. Obviously, that won't be the case this season, or preseason rather. They could go 4-0 and go 0-16. They could go 2-2 and and have a great record or 2-2 and and have a terrible record. Listen, the preseason, I've said this many times. The preseason games don't count, but they absolutely do matter. Why else do we have these preseason games? Sure, it's more so for uh, who you want to figure out uh, to to be your 22 backups plus the remaining few to fill your 53 uh, roster spots. But at the end of the day, you need to see something going with your offense as well. And I'll be honest, if yesterday was any indication, and and people are hoping this is certainly not the case, but if yesterday was any indication about what we were going to see, not not many people would be happy. People would be discouraged. Now, keep in mind, a lot of starters uh, obviously saw very minimal activity. Surely Tyreek Hill has more than two catches. Uh, Travis Kelsey has more than a couple of catches. But... but again, I, I think there are some, some good things that happened in this game that definitely matter and some bad things that happened that certainly matter. And uh, we'll go into all, all of that in a moment. But at the end of the day, it's hard to break down this these preseason games and really go over what was great and, and what wasn't great. Where, where do we cross that line? So please keep all of that in mind as we break down this game uh, between the Chiefs and Texans. Kansas City's rush defense, uh, not too good. Obviously, some things to work on. Uh, when you look at what Houston did, 25 carries, 115 yards. Uh, a big part of that was their quarterback, uh, Joe Webb, who I'll get into later on. But uh, run defense definitely needs some room for improvement. At the same time, we didn't see a lot of the new inside linebacking duo that we will be seeing in Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland. So that's one thing to keep in mind, as well as Eric Berry, who did not play in this football game. And, of course, you know, that's the smart thing to do. Sorensen, of course, uh, he's dealing with an injury. Now they're reporting it to be at least eight weeks into the regular season that he's expected to be out. Uh, So so you know you're missing some guys right now on defense and a little bit on offense as well. Sammy Watkins with that hip injury. Uh, So, again, you, you can only take it for what it is. As far as the starting offense, again, not very encouraging. Certainly not very happy with what I saw. Pat Mahomes, 5 of 7 passing for just 33 yards. Had a couple of good passes to uh, Travis Kelsey. He made some plays uh, on the field, faking out a linebacker and trying to gain more yards uh, on the field. And I think that's why Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. You saw that shovel trick pass kind of play. Uh, that they use Kelsey for, and you started seeing uh, uh, other teams copy that and try to utilize that to to, to, to their uh, offense. So, uh, I mean, that's why he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL, right up there with Rob Gronkowski atop the list. Uh, but he was really the only positive highlight from the starting unit on offense. As far as... Some of the backups who came in here, and by the way, so many players with the last name Williams. You've got Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, Kerwin Williams. Damian Williams looked pretty good on offense for the Chiefs. Five carries for 20 yards, the most the Chiefs had. Not very good on the ground, though. 23 carries for 73 yards, just barely above a 3.0 yard per carry average. So certainly 
some room for improvement there. I, I know Cam Irving kind of struggling in, in this game a little bit, uh, which got Patrick Mahomes in a little bit of trouble uh, causing those incompletions as, w- as well as the sack that he took in this football game. The only sack the Chiefs allowed, which was good, uh, but certainly you'd like to see uh, a better outing from the offense, especially on the offensive line and uh, from Mahomes as well. Uh, and you're hoping that, you know, w- w- with the highlights you saw from Travis Kelsey in this game, you know you're going to have more of that from him in the regular season. I mean, that's just a given for sure. I will say this, and I want to get into the tight ends in just a moment because I mentioned Kelsey, but I do want to step back and talk about Demarcus Robinson, just kind of going in chronological order. Chad Henney, I mean, not bad in his first game with the Chiefs. We saw some good things, saw some bad things. Of course, that interception, you know, just bad luck right there. A lot of times, quarterbacks and even the best quarterbacks out there, they miss a defensive player that can get their hand up and cause uh, some sort of deflection that turns into a turnover. But he did have that nice touchdown pass to Demarcus Robinson. I want to talk about Demarcus Robinson for just a moment because this is someone who's been on the team for a couple of years now. And I think the Chiefs do certainly see something in him. I think Andy Reid sees something in him. And what is it exactly? I think that's still to be determined. But keep in mind last year when Chris Conley went down with that injury and the release of Jeremy Macklin last summer, this Chiefs football team needed someone else to step up at wide receiver. I, I I had some questions about Tyree Kill as to whether or not he would succeed uh at that wide receiver spot and obviously did a tremendous job, but you you're you you need more at that position. And Albert Wilson I th- I thought did some really good things, hence why he got uh, a nice deal uh, from the Miami Dolphins, but DeMarcus Robinson looked very good too. I I thought he had some flashes when his number was called uh when Alex Smith would throw the ball his direction. I know DeMarcus Robinson looked really good in last year's preseason, and I think that helped him just edge out a few other players to earn a spot on the roster. But overall, this is a football player who definitely has some playmaking ability. And if he gets an opportunity to showcase his talent, if Mahomes targets targets him more this this regular season, I think you'll see Demarcus Robinson prove that he could be a guy that maybe not a number one wide receiver, but certainly could be a very good number two receiver or at least a very good slot receiver on any of the 32 NFL teams. And I think that's something that Demarcus Robinson has shown in last year's preseason and he's starting to show that in this year's preseason. Now again, we've seen players like Bobby Scipio, for example, have have a really good preseason, and in that same preseason, he ended up getting cut. So, and I think people forget. Yes, the preseason, sure they have that, but there's also a lot that takes place in training camp that Chiefs fans don't get to see much of, and even so, some of the things that the media. Yes, the media is there for all of it, but there are even some things that they don't catch uh, right away, and that's something that uh, you, you know the coaching staff. You just trust the coaching staff there in hopes that. Uh, whatever they see in preseason and training camp uh, practices, that uh, that it'll it'll be a good move for the franchise, letting a certain player go. Now, I did mention the tight ends. I, I want to get into those guys because the tight ends were very active in this game. If we want to get into the biggest highlight, certainly had to be the tight ends. I mentioned Travis Kelsey, two catches for 22 yards. Hey, uh, Demetrius Harris caught a, a pa- not just a pass, but two passes for 23 yards. <laughs> So it was certainly good to see Demetrius Harris active in this football game. Uh, and another tight end who people may not know much of, Alex Ellis, the second-year tight end out of Tennessee. 
He had four catches in this game for 36 yards. He was also targeted the most. He led the team in receptions and targets. Uh, Four catches, was targeted five times, and had 36 yards, the most behind Demarcus Robinson's 48. Uh, So that was certainly good to see uh, the Chiefs quarterbacks take advantage of these tight ends that they have on this football team and certainly makes Andy Reid and the rest of the offensive coaching staff's jobs uh, makes it very tougher for them trying to figure out who they want behind Travis Kelsey. Likely Demetrius Harris is the number two guy and who else they put on there. Uh, Jace uh, Amaro also had a catch for 15 yards. A lot of the uh, a lot of the receiving yards compiled from the offense came most of them from the tight ends. And I think that's definitely something that you want to build off and move forward and see what you can do moving forward. Defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, boy, like I said, not uh, not a great showing. At the same time, not very terrible either. I, I'm, I'm just whatever we saw from the starting defense. Um, I, I I can't be too up in arms about. Uh, like I said, Ragland and uh, Hitchens, we didn't see them. We didn't see Eric Berry. Uh, so there's a lot that that we didn't get to see. Uh, from that starting defense, uh, Kendall Fuller, I thought looked very good in coverage, but David Emerson, I've got to say a guy who I've been praising quite a lot, certainly did not look good in this football game, had two penalties on defense and very early in the game too. Uh, so hopefully the chiefs can figure that out. And, and again, I, I, I trust the process with the defensive backs the most because you've got Andy Reid as your head coach. I know Bob Sutton is not very well liked here in Kansas city, but man, outside of Kansas city, the people in the national media who are former players, former coaches, they have a lot of great things to say about Bob Sutton. They really do. And of course, don't forget Emma Thomas. Anyone who's familiar with Chiefs history knows about Emma Thomas and just the fingerprint that he, he's put on this franchise as a player and as a coach. And I've said this many times. I, I think he is responsible for the progression of a lot, a lot of great Defensive backs that we've had in Kansas City under uh, under him. I think Brandon Flowers did much better under Emmett Thomas. Eric Berry, he's had Emmett Thomas as his position coach his entire career, and I think that's a big plus. Uh, Sir, Sir Marcus Peters, I, I, I certainly think he benefited from having Emmett Thomas, and, and you kind of have to wonder what is that going to be like for him not having that kind of position coach in uh, Los Angeles. So uh, we, we've seen a lot of great defensive backs in Kansas City, and... You look at Brandon Flowers, didn't end up doing too well outside of Kansas City, and I think part of it has to do with the lack of uh, having a good coaching staff around him, having that support staff around him. That guidance can really go a long way for for football players. With that said, Emerson didn't look very good in his Chiefs debut in the preseason, but I think he will get better as time goes on. He's done a lot of great things in his career in the past, and I know injuries have really hurt him. But hopefully in Kansas City, he can stay healthy. And as long as he has this coaching staff behind him, I, I really do think I really think Amerson's going to do some good things on this defense for all the years that he'll spend with this football team. I do want to talk talk about uh, Breland speaks for a moment. Very close to getting a sack in his preseason debut in the NFL. Uh, against Joe Webb, uh, that was on a long uh, third down play uh, where Joe Webb just ran all over the backfield. And Breland Speaks twice had a chance to take him down, could not do so. And let me just say this about Joe Webb. I am shocked 
that Joe Webb has never played under Andy Reid. I, I've, I've looked at free agent lists before, and I've always been surprised that Joe Webb has never been on, uh, on an Andy Reid offense. Because I think he's perfect for it. You look at Mike Vick and what he did under Andy Reid. Alex Smith, a lot of similar qualities to Michael Vick and what he's been able to do. And I'm just surprised that Andy Reid's never... Maybe he has gone after Joe Webb and maybe they could never go, come to an agreement uh, with a contract deal and whatnot uh, with the front front office of the Eagles or the Chiefs. Uh, but man, I remember... And I actually looked this up to double check. I still remember this. This was in 2010, Joe Webb's rookie season. That was also Brett Favre's first year with the Vikings. Favre was on the sidelines watching and Alex Smith was there too because this was against the 49ers. With less than two minutes to go, the game's already out of reach. But Joe Webb runs, I believe it was 48 yards, for a long touchdown uh, run. Uh, does a fake and just runs all the way himself. San, no one on San Francisco's defense can catch up to him. And this guy, his, his passing skills certainly have been a... a I mean, they've been in progression, basically. And that's why he's been a backup forever. But man, this guy's got wheels for a quarterback. He really does. Might be one of the fastest quarterbacks we've ever seen up there with Michael Vick. Just hasn't been able to start a lot of games to showcase that and hasn't been well known. Uh, If you watch a lot of preseason football, you certainly are familiar with this guy. And I mentioned Brett Favre because I remember Brett Favre started laughing uh, when he saw Webb go run all the way to the end zone. Because Favre doesn't know what it's like for a quarterback to run a 4-4. I mean, let's be honest. He, he He just doesn't. Uh, but Joe Webman, uh, I've always been shocked that he's never played under Andy Reid. I'm sure Andy Reid has told his GMs uh, in Philly and in KC, he's had a lot of them. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's told them, hey, go get this kid. Go talk to his agent. Do what you can. Because uh, I, I truly do think Joe Webb could be a viable backup on an Andy Reid offense. He just has all the tangibles to do well in that West Coast offense that Andy Reid runs. Uh, but for whatever reason, they've just never been able to come to terms with that. Uh, as far as the end of the game uh, with Chase Litton, uh, you know, the Chiefs had the ball at the one yard. First and goal at the one with, thanks to that pass interference call. And the Chiefs unable to come away with, uh, with a score in the end there. Look. And I don't want to say the 22 players because there were some substitutions made on those four four plays there, those four downs, but a majority of those guys are gone. I mean, they're going to get cut. And I don't know, uh, and I'm talking for both teams, for the Texans and for the Chiefs. I know you guys probably don't care much for the Texans, but among the players that were involved during those four downs, I don't know who is going to stick around for which respective teams or who ends up getting a job elsewhere. Uh, but but even if they do get a job, if they keep a job or, or whatever, you're not going to see these guys a whole lot in uh, in regular season action. That was disappointing to see the Chiefs not be able to punch it in when they had it right at the one. Uh, but again, uh, you can't fret uh, on that too much since that uh, those were third and fourth string backups. If that was the starting unit, I mean, I, I think that would certainly dominate uh, the topic of conversation on this episode for sure, but not the case. Uh, and that led to Kansas City's loss 17 to 10 against the Houston Texans. Listen, it is a preseason. There were some, some ugliness and there were some, some beautiful things there. A mix of both. You can't 
get too up in arms about what happened. If Now, I will say this. If this continues on in the second game, as well as the, the third game is uh, uh, the most significant preseason game. If this does continue, I think we do need to have a conversation here and, and ask, are we in for a big disappointment in the regular season? Listen, some teams look bad in the preseason, and they look bad in the regular season. They they look good in the preseason, and they look good on forward. Then it can be good in the preseason, bad in the regular season, and vice versa. Again, you just, you never know. This is a crazy science experiment, the preseason, that is, because you don't know exactly what highlights from the preseason will translate to the regular season. Patrick Mahomes had a highlight reel in last year's preseason uh, to the point where NFL.com actually has a top five uh, plays package for Pat Mahomes online. And they're all preseason plays, but we didn't see any of that in Thursday's preseason loss. The only time I would ever get frustrated for one preseason game, and not that this happened with with this game, but uh, remember t- the fourth preseason game, the, the starters either don't play or they only play for two or three plays. Remember Todd Haley? And I can't remember which year this was. I think this was the same year he got fired. In the fourth preseason game, he left Dwayne Bowe, Matt Castle, and all the other starters on the field. And they were still getting their butts kicked by the Green Bay Packers' third and fourth string backups. And that was very concerning to see. Why is it that the starters couldn't do so well against Green Bay's backups? That's the only time I would ever start fretting over a preseason game. And fortunately, Andy Reid's been very smart with what we've seen from the uh, from the team in preseason games. The, the best news, no injuries from this football game, no major injuries. Uh, but overall, I mean, this is a football team that certainly has some things to work on. They know what they need to work on. There's a lot of time to, to fix it all up. Just a little less than a month before we kick things off for real. So hopefully Kansas City can figure things out. All 32 teams are doing that right now. Whether they won or they lost, there are positives and negatives from every game. In week one, the 16 teams that win, it's not going to be all perfect and rainbows and roses for them. Those 16 teams that win, they have some things to work on for week two and and forward. So there's always things to work on. The Eagles winning a Super Bowl, they have things that, that they need to improve on. There's always room for improvement, no matter how bad or how good a team is. And hopefully this Chiefs football team under Andy Reid can fix that. Let me just say this. The final thing I will say before I sign off. Let's just not, let's remember one thing. How many times, ever since Andy Reid has been here in Kansas City, in the five seasons Andy Reid's been here, how many times have the Kansas City Chiefs finished below 500? Zero. Even after that 0 and 2 start in 2014 and that 1 and 5 start in 2015, this Chiefs team has never finished below 500. And I think Andy Reid's a big reason for that. And I've also said, and I mentioned this to Matt Derrick as well, Andy Reid's also a big reason for some of the heartbreaking losses. So it's kind of hard to draw that line with Andy Reid sometimes. But I still like my chances more to win and get to a championship with Andy Reid than being without him. Let me know your thoughts on everything we talked about on this episode. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Twitter.com slash Farzine21. Like and follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. You guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Share it on social media with your friends. Let them know about the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Until then, I will talk to you guys on Thursday. We will talk about any Chiefs news that takes place 
during the week. We'll also do our closing segments as usual. That will be back. And then, of course, during next weekend, we will recap the game between the Chiefs and the Falcons. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Talk to you guys later this week.